0: So last week, um, again, we went over Romans verses 18 is all we got through. Uh, there was quite a bit there, um, and we we touched on that for the good portion of the hour. So a couple things that we went over just because there's so many new folks here, um, that Christians suffer for many, many, many things, uh, and it reminds us of several of our own weaknesses in our our flesh, in our own spiritual life. Um, It makes our need for God stronger. It keeps us from thinking that we've achieved any perfection on our own, that um, we still are in much need of God and of Jesus in our lives. Uh, It does give us a testimony of our faith when we experience suffering and we continue on in our hope for... uh, eternity and what is coming with that. It allows us to relate to others who may be suffering the same things, who may have suffered already or um, haven't suffered anything like you have yet. And yet you can relate to them and they can learn from you and be more prepared for what, uh, what is to come or what could happen there. Um, and it gives longing for eternal hope of the new heavens and the new earth. Um, and that those without Christ uh, don't have a whole lot of hope in suffering, that the beyond after the suffering and after life and death, there's, there's nothing there of hope for them. So um, there's a big difference in suffering of Christians and suffering of non-Christians. The one thing that I didn't mention last week but is important is that as Christians, as those believers in Christ, um, there is a very, very, very good chance that we will suffer more than the normal person who is not in Christ, um, because not only are we going to possibly face the sufferings of the world, whether that be um, you know something medical that's going on, uh, death, or death of the family. Um, spiritual suffering, but we will also very likely, and we can see this possibly coming, suffer as Christians um, here in this country. We know that Christians in other countries suffer um, for being followers of Christ, especially in places like China, where it's just against the law. And if that ever were to happen in um, America, or if you move somewhere where that was going on, you're gonna you're gonna experience suffering that we haven't faced here. Um, and we can experience suffering in a, in a small way now just by um, getting shamed by others in the world, of, of the world, right? So that's a very good possibility that um, we will suffer more than uh, just the normal person who's living and then dying through this life. Um, when the class ended, we did have a couple questions that popped up. And uh, we just wanted to address those real quick and go over those with everyone. Uh, Mark and I talked through that, and we thought they were, they were good questions, so let's make sure that we're clear on uh, the answers to those and what the church's stance is. So um, where do we go when we die? Uh, what happens at the final judgment? Um, and then there was a question that popped in, and she's not here to, to explain it anymore, but... Um, do we go to the third heaven after the final judgment? What, or some of the three questions that, that popped up. And I wasn't quite prepared to handle all that, so Mark and I talked through it, and I talked to Jeremy and uh, Tyler, and just got some, some feedback, a lot more feedback than I'm going to give you right now. This is just going to be a brief overview, and we'd love to discuss this more, especially in the coming uh, review sessions that we're going to do. Those can be questions that come up, and we'd love to field those more, or if we want to talk. Uh, after church, that would be a great opportunity for that as well. Um, but as most of you know, um, in the old covenant, before Jesus came and died, um, that people didn't go to heaven, whether they were righteous or unrighteous at that point. They went to uh, Sheol, which is the word, the Hebrew word that they used for the grave, um, and we, we never saw anyone that died go straight to heaven with God. Um, they all went to Sheol, and everyone mourned for them, right? They mourned for 30 days. That was the practice, um, general practice that they did for the righteous and the unrighteous alike. But in the New Covenant, um, when Jesus was teaching and preaching—actually, um, that was before the New Covenant, covenant was inaugurated— uh, he used that story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16, and that'd be good for any of you with questions on that to go look through and read Luke 16 and the story of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, and there's, there's some debate on whether that's a parable or a story. Um, I think everyone that's teaching in this church believes that that is a story. It's an actual story, and there's several uh, solid reasons behind that. Um, but one of them being, Jesus used a, a real person's name, and in any parable before that, he's never used a name. And there's, there's a couple other strong reasons for that. So that's our stance on this being a story, and not just a parable. Um, but Lazarus, who was the poor man, he went um, to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man uh, went to Hades, and he was in torment. He asked for a drip of water on his tongue, right? He could see Lazarus, and he could see that he was being very well taken care of, and he had some requests, and he actually talked to Abraham in this story. They communicated together. So they were in a place that was the same vicinity. They could see, but in between them, to keep everyone from going to one side to the other, there was a, a, what they called a great chasm, a great valley, something in between them that did not allow anyone to go back or forth. Um, So one was in torment, the other was in Abraham's bosom, Um, and that was before Jesus died and spilled his blood for everyone. So we see that as a better explanation of what happened to people when they died and um, where they went. Again, the the word used over and over in the Old Testament in Hebrew was sheol, which meant the grave. Um, So we get some of our understanding from that. Uh, no one could go to heaven before Jesus' sacrifice. Um, he propitiated once for all. He he died for everyone with um, the spilling of his blood and the shedding of his blood, the death of his life. Um, if someone could go to heaven before Jesus died, then there wouldn't be a point of Jesus having to die, right? He needed to die. That was the required sacrifice that God um, made for, for sinners that, Anyone that was going to be in God's perfect and holy presence um, had to have perfect righteousness. And the only one with that was Jesus himself. And he died for you and I. He died for the entire world. Uh, And no one was going to go to heaven in God's presence without that happening. But when that happened, um, we do believe that believers go with Jesus immediately to heaven because uh, that's where he went. Once he was resurrected, and after he spent his time on earth, he went to heaven. And um, we read that Jesus says that his followers will come with him, um, that all believers will go straight to heaven when they die. Second Corinthians 5 uh, talks about that. Philippians 1 um, talks about being with Christ as well. The thief on the cross, uh, they are with Jesus when they die. 2 Corinthians 5 is to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Remember that? To live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, and if you weren't going to be present with the Lord, I don't think there would be such a longing and such a hope for Christians to die. Um, Christians now who understand theology well and, and the Bible well, we rejo- rejoice when someone dies, Right? When a Christian, a brother in Christ, we're sad because we've lost them, but we're so, so, so excited for them to be in this perfect harmony with uh, with God, with our Lord, um, because they're not facing uh, the challenges of this world, the sufferings of this world, the sin of this world. Um, John 13:36 says, "Where I go, Jesus speaking, where I go, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me later." Um, as he's talking to his apostles there. Um, also, to address the third heaven question, um, that's brought up in 2 Corinthians 12, 2, where Paul is speaking to the church of Corinth, and he's explaining um, some stuff. And um, what what he goes through is taken out of context um, several several ways by several other um, world religions, and uh, we don't see that as a first heaven, second heaven, third heaven type of um, explanation that he's giving. Uh, it's, it's pretty simply explained by the way that the Greeks and the Corinths and all of them thought at that time um, that were, were not Jewish. This, the, the world itself, it viewed the atmosphere of this world as the first heaven, where the birds fly and where the sky is, where we see blue and we look up, and that is, that was what they would call the first heaven. Um, The second heaven would be where the stars and the sun and the moon reside, where those are, and outer space is what we call it today. We don't call it a second heaven, but that's what they would refer to it as. And the third heaven would be where God is himself, and that's where Jesus went after he rose from the grave and um, he ascended into heaven. So not that there is a third level of heaven as other religions would uh, believe and teach. That is not what um, Christians would believe and teach. It's that that that's, that's space where they go in heaven is, is the only heaven, and that, that is where you go. That is total perfection, that is where God and Jesus reside. Jesus sits on the throne and rules from heaven in that aspect. Um, and then one more resource just to give you if you're uh, interested is on the app. So if you have the app, I hope you have the app. It's a great app. I love the app. <laughs> Orchard Hills Bible Church. You can click into there. And once it opens, loading. Um, you got the three bars on the top here, and you can click on that. And then the fourth line down says, What We Believe. So you can click on the What We Believe portion of your app, and you can scroll straight to um, any of the big topics that we would be discussing um, and that come up from time to time as we're teaching through um, different subjects in the church here. So, for the eternal state, this subject that we're discussing right now, um, this is our church's stance. This is what we believe. We believe in the bodily resurrection of all men, the saved to eternal life, and the unsaved to everlasting punishment. And there's verses to correlate with that. We believe the souls of the redeemed are at death, absent from the body, and present with the Lord where in conscious bliss they await the first resurrection when the spirit, soul, and body are reunited and glorified to be forever with the Lord. And then there's a list of scriptures that support that as well. We believe the souls of unbelievers are at death, absent from the body, and in conscious misery until the second resurrection, when the soul and the body reunite and they shall appear at the great white throne judgment and shall be cast into the lake of fire, not to be annihilated, but to suffer everlasting conscience punishment. Again, there's a list of Scripture to support that. Um, so that would, that would be what we see the Bible teaches, and that's what we're going to teach out of the Bible here. Um, and there's, that's not an exhaustive list of support there on those verses that are on the app, but there's, there's more. So if those are subjects that you need to know more about, and um, it's just burning in your heart to have better answers. That could be something that we discuss um, at another time and and afterwards one-on-one if if need be. Okay? Was this from our website you said? That's from our app, Orchard Hills Bible Church. Make sure you get it on your phone, look it up, put it on there. It's a really good app. Keep using it. It's got your Bibles on there too. It's got several translations, so if you get the app, and you're playing on that, and you weren't sure which Bible app to put on your phone so that you can read at any time, it's got um, what we teach out of here, the NASB, and then several other options as well. So there you go. Can we get that on the computer? On the computer. The website would probably work more sufficiently for your computer, and it would have those resources plus a lot more but the app is mostly uh, for your phone or a tablet, if that's what you're utilizing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have a
1: smartphone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's look, Joe. We can look it up after, afterwards and see I if we can, can get that I for you. <laughs> Good question, though. Yes, we want you to have those resources. We want you to be able to look them up and see them. So if the computer is the main thing that you use, um, I can even come over. You're right down the street, and we can make sure you get set up on that. Okay, yeah, no problem. Mark, anything else on? Sounds good. Okay. All right. Now to Romans, verses uh, chapter eight, verses 19. I'm going to read that through 22. Well, I'm going to back up and and read a couple verses ahead just to get us reoriented with the the passage. Um, The Spirit, capital S, Spirit, as in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also, and heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation awaits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. OK, again, we went over verse 18 last week. Um, that was in detail. If you want some of the fill-in for the notes, get with me, and um, we can we can do that on your handout that I gave you guys. But into verse 19, for the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. In here, um, the anxious longing—that term is uh, a term that Paul is using to suggest one that, that is really, really anxious and, and waiting for something to happen. Like, you know it's going to happen, you know something's coming, um, and you're real excited about it and kind of nervous, you're not sure how it's going to go. Um, really what, what MacArthur said when he explained it was someone who's standing on their, their tippy-toes and their eyes are looking ahead, and they're like this, like knowing something's coming, but waiting for it. And, and they're really, really, really anxiously waiting for that. Um, so that, that term is used uh, to give that expression. We don't get that necessarily in the English language when it's translated. But that's what he was saying, and that's how he is describing what is going on um, when he says uh, creation waits eagerly. Um, creation itself, in this verse, we're talking along the lines of everything that God created minus the people. Uh, This isn't the part of uh, humanity. Paul is not addressing that at this current time. He's addressing everything else that is made in this world and of the world that God had put together. It's everything that's non-rational. So you're thinking, um, our, our trees and our mountains, um, you're talking about birds and, and animals and plants and everything that's going on that we would just call nature and that the world is uh, hoping to try to preserve, right, from our own works and our own doing. Um, the, the creation, everything of it is just waiting anxiously um, for this revealing. The revealing of the sons of God... Um, I, I looked up uh, Colossians 3, 4. Um, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then believers also will be revealed with Him in glory. Uh, at that time, all believers will be eternally separated from sin and from their unredeemed humanness, and they will be glorified with Christ's own glory. Uh, holiness, Holiness and splendor. So uh, the creation, every, everything but man, is is longing and waiting for that. Now why, why would that be? Um, again, last week we talked about suffering in depth and in detail, human suffering, what we go through, again, whether it's physical, medical, mental, spiritual, um, there's so much suffering. if we're not facing suffering, someone that we know typically is, whether that's someone in the church or a family member or someone at work um, that is going through through suffering. And as believers, we experience that with them, right? Our hearts are for them. We are one body with them. We are a body working together, especially the local church, um, that that we feel for each other when we know someone's suffering through something. But in verse 19, um, Paul's changing that, uh, direction of thought from, from people and humans to creation itself. And it is just anxiously longing for this revealing of the sons of God. And the sons of God, uh, as Colossians stated, is those who are believers in Christ, because when Christ is revealed in His glory, the believers will be revealed in their glory too. But again, that brings up the question of why. Why? And uh, that takes us to the next line on your sheet there. The creation uh, was also affected by the curse. If I can have someone flip all the way back to Genesis for me, who would be willing to read verses 17, 18, and 19, please. And we're going to talk about um, creation itself being affected by the curse of the fall. Let me know when you're there. Feel free to just start reading. Genesis 3, what? 17, 18, and 19, please.
1: Shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return.
0: Thank you, Jessica. Okay, so that we we see that um, cursed is the ground because of you. Now this this was um, a curse that was put on Adam and Eve that they were going to have to. Work harder and provide food for themselves through the working of that. Um, But uh, creation uh, wasn't was put into bondage of this corruption, the forever enduring deterioration. So before the fall, in the perfection of the world that God created, this uh, this whole earth, um, we didn't have thorns and thistles, right? We didn't have poisonous plants. Um, We didn't have anything that caused misery or harm uh, to humans. We didn't have death. Death did not exist before that. Um, But after the fall, not only was man, all of human affected forever, but creation was too. Um, The creation was subjected to futility and it wasn't by its own will, uh, but the, the will of God um, who subjected it to it. Uh, it carries the idea of being with, without success, um, that it can't continue to endure. One of the commentaries that I read through had a great explanation of the, just the, the seasons throughout the year, right? We're coming into spring, or we're seeing spring hopefully soon now, um, But it's a cycle. It's a cycle of new birth, life, right? Summertime, um, and then fall, everything starts to deteriorate. And then winter, it dies again. And then it it regenerates again. It it does it over, year after year after year. And of course, there's different areas of the earth that do it differently in different parts, but it um, it never is just permanently fixed in perfection. Um, and continues to to grow um, without some type of death and, and regeneration from that aspect, and Earth and creation itself is just sitting and waiting and longing um, for that to to stop, uh, because of man's sin. No part of nature now exists as God intended it to be originally, um, and it's it's in. A new a new uh, realm, really, of, of what it, the first intention was. Um, Paul goes on to reveal that the curse on nature was executed by its creator, and um, God himself is the one who subjected it to uh, futility. Again, it, it's something that just continues on and on and on, and it keeps trying, and it keeps... Um, it keeps that process going, but it's, it's in a way suffering itself through that continuous cycle. Um, and so creation's longing for the revealing of uh, the sons of God. And as we're waiting for that to happen, as creation's waiting for that to happen, um, that's where we get to when the new heavens and the new earth are created— that is when it'll go back to that perfection that God first designed and orig- originally put into place. Was that that perfect place where His creation can live and, and dwell in harmony? Um, you know, we also read that that eventually the the children will be able to put their uh, their hands in the the viper's den, right? And um, that the the lion and the lamb will lay together. That it's not going to be the same world that we live in now, and uh, there won't be the harm that can befall upon us now. And then, in that millennium, or, or after the millennium? I guess the new heaven come after. Where we sit and believe in this church, yes, that is, we believe in, um, we, will, we will reign with Christ as believers for the millennium, for the thousand years. And after that, there's the the great revolt, the war, and Christ wins that. And uh, then everything will, uh, all the heavenly bodies or all the earthly bodies, all the heavenly bodies will melt. God's going to burn it and create new, and new heaven and new earth. So yes, uh, that is when um, that will happen according to Scripture and and where we as a church sit on that and um, follow that as well. The pains of childbirth. I obviously haven't been through that. My wife has now um, uh, just a few times, um, but it it still hasn't even been what it was like um, for those. My my wife has had three C-sections, and the first child, she um, labored uh, for a long, long, long time and um, never progressed, so we ended up having to have a C-section with him. Um so I got to see it from that aspect from that first child that we had in the in the go around and to to be the observer right and to be the helper there and helping her go through that but um, it still wasn't the same as it w- as it is for those who give birth naturally and those of you that have know what that's like and know that um, those those pains building up to that continue to increase continue to get Stronger and closer together. Um, sometimes, as our doctors tell us now, you you go into false labor or you have uh, uh, contractions where your body's just preparing you for the actual time it happens. And we can see that happening on Earth as well, where you know everyone gets kind of nervous or excited, depending on where you sit, um, when earthquakes start happening, and we start seeing. Um, you know, food shortages, stuff run out like we did last March a year ago um, where the water was gone and the food at the grocery store is gone and we're worried about if we're going to get it back. Yeah, (laughs) never thought we'd worried about that, right? Toilet paper running out, but um, stuff like that uh, it it could be a sign that we're at the end or it could just be one of those signs that it's happening before we get there Um, and I don't have a solid stance on that myself right now, but As those things continue, we start seeing them more frequent and and closer together, and yeah, that that is a sign that um, those pains of childbirth are coming. Things in nature, too, as well, right? Like I said, earthquakes and um, storms and other things that happen that draw um, really humanity to, to really race for for impact, to freak out, to start storing years and years worth of food and water and um, ammunition and whatever they can get their hands on. It's that kind of uh, mentality that really comes about, especially in this area, when those pains of childbirth that creation feels can continue to happen. Does anyone have examples that they see, uh, whether it's happened in your life or, or even your parents' life on what pains of childbirth for creation um, as we're heading towards uh, the closer to the end than we were when we first got here. Do you have examples of that that you could share with the class? What do you see?
1: earthquake because you can get on and it shows you how many earthquakes are happening all over the world and all day long every
0: day uh-huh, uh-huh. and the intensity of them and yeah it is fascinating because they're monitoring the seismic activity of the earth yeah and it's cool is it increasing yeah. is it you you'll see there's you know 0. 0.7 earthquakes on a regular basis most of them are in the ocean and stuff okay yeah it's cool it's like a uh, clock almost counting down, right? It's continuing and increasing, and, inc- and you can see. Uh, so that's neat. Yeah, I didn't. They're all day long, every day. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, that's a great example, and, and just something to be aware of, right? That that is happening, and they we can measure it now where we couldn't before. Someone else have any examples you want to share?
1: Well, the lake itself is like five miles wide, one mile high, it's huge. And they're dropping
0: it because if it breaks, it'll flood all the way to San Oh Wow. Yeah, 40 yeah miles. that's a lot of water. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you and your. So <laughs> I
0: One of the pains that the Bible talks about is, is plagues as well, you know, and, and what's just happened to us has been unique, right? What we, the whole world just, just lived through, um, has been unique to where this COVID-19 virus it went through, it um, barely affected some that it touched, and, and it took others' lives that it touched. Um, you know, I know folks at work that got it. Um, a couple of them, and they're younger than I am, it hit them really, really, really hard. And they were uh, in bed, uh, not in the hospital, but um, it, it wasn't fun. It was much worse than the flu. And when I had it, when I got it, you know, I, I had a runny nose for three days, and I got a headache for a day, and that was that was the only effect I had. And it's just, it's a weird thing. So, from one aspect, it's like, well, maybe this isn't so serious, but then you hear other stories to where it, it hit them hard, and it it was a big deal, um, but the Bible talks about plagues um, coming around the earth as well, right? And this could be seen as one. It's hard to tell now, um, and fu- future times in history will we'll be able to dictate better what this really was and, and how severe it really was, but we're, we're still living through it, and it's something that our world's trying to recover from, um, trying to understand, and really trying to control whether or not uh, we have any control at all um, is in God's hand, but um, we try, right? Our, especially this country, we, we try to control everything that we can. The government does, and um, you know, it might be for uh, the good, and it might not be. It's, it's, again, history will, will tell on that. Okay. Okay. Um, Can I have someone flip to Jeremiah 12? Be a little past Psalms, Proverbs, Jeremiah 12. And if I could have someone read verse 4, this is going to talk um, some about creation's suffering as well. And then after 4, read verse 11.
1: How long is the land to mourn and the vegetation of the countryside to wither, For the wickedness of those who dwell in it. Animals and birds have been snatched away because men have said, He will not see our latter ending.
0: And then 11.
1: It has been made a desolation, desolate,
0: Now, what he's talking about in that is an area that um, before was just reaming with life and and vegetation, and um, death didn't encompass it like it does now. And we see that throughout the whole earth in many areas where um, it just gets so hot, nothing can live. Uh, Again, the the original creation was... um, made in perfect harmony and made without uh, anything that, that we would really suffer through or suffer from. And the earth itself too, just was able to produce on its own. And yes, we were, we were made to um, reign over it, man was. And we were there to, to still work, but it wasn't the work that we see now to, to cultivate land And um, to produce food that we need to eat Um, it was going to be a a, a different kind of work probably something more as as overseeing it and just using it as our needs um, dictated but but now it's so much more work than just that um, that we go through so much pain of just tilling the land so that we can utilize it for what uh, we need it for to survive with with food. So freedom comes from the glory of the children of God. If I can get three more volunteers, one to read Acts 3.21, and then one to flip to Second Peter 3.13, and then a third to read Revelation 21.1. Acts three twenty
1: one.
0: When you have it, go right ahead, jump in. Great, thank you. We see a glimpse there of him talking about uh, going back even another verse that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things. So we're talking about the longing and the waiting of that restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient times. This is something that's been discussed since the fall of man, since that curse came upon us and and creation itself. Um, everything is waiting for that time. Okay, who's got Second Peter three thirteen? But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Excellent. Thank you. Pretty clear there on the scripture that that is to come still, and we're waiting for that. And then Revelation 21 1.
1: Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away,
0: and the sea was in the world. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, so just. A couple verses there, not exhaustive, but um, some to talk through that new heaven and new earth, that creation itself is waiting for that, is longing for the revealing of the sons of God um, for that time to happen. And um, until then, it's going to continue through the suffrage. So we as humans continue through that. As believers, we have every hope in the world through our suffering, um, knowing that what we go through is, is not even not even close to being compared. It's not worthy to be compared to what that glory with God will be like um, for those who, again, have, have um, physical issues that are happening and um, your body is deteriorating. It never functioned the way it should have. Or if you have... Um, parents or children or any of that uh, where people are, are believers and they're suffering through just enormous amounts of physical pain or, or anguish or even mental, um, That it's, it's temporal. It's just a, a breath. Again, we mentioned that last week, that this life of ours in, in God's view and in, in light of eternity is only as long as that. I mean, we're here and we're gone like that. And that suffering that we might face with some of us are going to suffer so, so, so much more than others. But as believers in Christ, um, it will be short for your eternal being with God as sons and daughters of God is, is going to last forever and ever in eternity. Um, just like childbirth, just like going through the pains of childbirth where that pain and that suffering builds, 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 builds to the point of, um, that child coming out and, and whatever that feels like, that, that pain and that screaming things that I've heard in the hospital, um, you know, it sounds pretty bad, but then it's over, right? And as you get further away from that moment, those memories fade so quick. And, um, the, the happiness of the child and the baby and the life of, of that as, as that child continues to grow, those memories uh, of the pain and the suffering, they, they fade. and it. it just seems like a blink in a, of an eye that that happened um, so quickly, even if it wasn't, quickly. you know, like I said, my wife, um, through Charlie, it was, it was 44 hours that she was in labor, from the time her water broke till the time they initiated the C-section. Um, and she she tried her her heart out, uh, and we did everything that we could. Um, and you know, I was with her every moment through all that, and it was it was hard. But now that we look back, it doesn't seem like you know that was as as big of a deal as it was in the moment, and it was all worth it. And um, even stories like that aren't even worthy to be compared to what our life and what our suffering in our life is going to be like compared to. Uh, when we are in, in heaven with God. And that'll be at the moment you die. You don't have to wait. You don't go to a, a staging area. You're not gonna go and hang out with with um, you know, the unrighteous and, and be with them. Uh, it's not. You're gonna be with Christ in heaven immediately the moment that you pass from the, this earth. And again, that's why we celebrate and, and we rejoice when a believer that, that we know um, has passed, that uh, we can be so, so hopeful for them to be with God and Christ in heaven through all of that. Um, so creation's waiting for the same thing. And through our verses here, Paul's explaining that, that your suffering's not worthy to be compared, and, and the earth is suffering too. Creation is suffering and waiting, just longingly waiting in hope uh, for, for this to happen, because when it does... Um, then everything's going to change. And it'll be, it'll be good for those who are in Christ, and creation will, will eventually be wiped out and become brand new. So that'll be good for it too.
1: you see a lot of false teachers proclaiming, you know, the end of time is coming on June 22nd, you whatever, mm-hmm. you see that happening all the time, and they're false teachers and so on. The scripture also talks about it's going to come as a theme of time. We really don't know, we can see there's signs, um, but people have been seeing signs and, and looking for signs um, since this was written. Understanding is that we should always be ready. Jesus is teaching uh, in the in the Gospels is that we need to be ready uh, and understanding that creation's ready,
0: that you know, our eagerly or waiting for Christ's
1: return should always be point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, right, Y two K.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and we are seeing prophecy happen. Israel used to, it was always weird to me because I thought Israel was always a nation. And then when I heard that Israel was established in 1937 or whatever it was, I'm like, what? <laughs> but, you know, it was destroyed as a nation. And it, because God has brought it back as a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're watching prophecy happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we get to see a lot of this. And as things happen, I, I think that's why so many Christians are just so eager and excited to say, okay, it's time. The end's here. Um, whether or not they're, they're true believers or false prophets, um, I mean, everyone's eager to, to have this end, right? Um, because anyone who, who reads the Bible and understands it knows that we aren't getting better. Um, we are getting worse and we are winding down. We are not increasing in how great we are. Um, the world always tends to want to teach that and, and share that you know, on television and social media and everywhere that you look. If we just, you know, if enough of us come together and we unite then we can be stronger than we've ever been before, that was the same situation at the Tower of Babel, right? Where they they came together. They're all speaking a language and they're going to build a tower to the heavens to show the world how great they were and to get so they can be with God. And... That's the funny
1: thing. Like, wasn't that the whole world right there? <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, Yeah, and with the quick snap of his finger, right? It's, it's, he has other plans and other intentions, and um, it's not for us to to be high and mighty in our hearts about who we are and what we've accomplished and the good that we have done in the name of ourselves and for our sake or for the world's sake. It's, we're not here to please or serve the world. We're here to serve Christ and... Um, the Spirit works through us, and in many ways, we, we do serve the world, but through Him and for His glory. And we're here to serve each other as a church, as a body, um, for those who have been here for for years and years and years and have gotten to know so many that have come and gone, and those who are, are brand new. Um, we're here to love one another and help each other learn through this Word and talk through it. And when stuff comes up that we're like, hey, that's not what I've been told or what I believe, that's good to discuss it, and it's good to get wise counsel, and it's good to look to those um, who are more mature in Christ than us to find, find answers in that, right? Um, you know, I probably wouldn't go to a, a n- new believer in that aspect to ask questions on this stuff, you know, but I'd, I'd feel more than comfortable, you know, talking to, talking to Mike and um, talking to Mark and, and uh, Jerry and Jerry and... Jeremy and uh, you know those throughout our local body that we're aware of um, and I'd love having discussions with with those who are mature in Christ um, through this to, to teach me through it but then as I learn then I can teach those um, that might not have the understanding that I have and maybe I've studied Romans further than I've studied uh, other books of the Bible and I can speak to it more than I can uh, other books as well but we can all learn from each other and serve each other in that way um, and just help each other's hearts continue to grow and, and have that hope for that eternity and to just get through uh, this period of, of suffering that, again, we may be facing now, but maybe I'm not facing it, but I know someone here is, and, and my heart um, is there to be with you through that and to talk through it and to remind each other exactly of what these verses are, are teaching and uh, to look for that hope that Christ gives us, that the world doesn't have, that no one will have without Christ. Anyone else have thoughts you'd like to share? Glad we had a bigger class this time. This is random, but did you personally your smell and your taste? No, thanks. Um, so my wife lost her sense of smell, and that's where we were like, uh-oh, so she got tested. And then uh, I tested positive three or four days later, but I, I didn't really lose those um, one time because uh, we, people were getting food and bringing it to us and stuff like that. But we got Chinese food, and I love the hot spicy mustard, and I put it all over everything. But I ate it, and I couldn't taste it. But I could taste the rest of the food. I just couldn't taste the hot, spicy mustard. So either it was really weak, and don't go to that place for your hot, spicy mustard, or I couldn't taste it. I don't know which one it was. (laughs) You still haven't got it. Wow. I'm sorry. I'll suffer with you through that. (laughs) That's a sad one, especially taste. Okay, anyone else? We can wrap up a couple minutes early because last week we went a couple minutes long, so it'll even out. Any prayer requests from anyone in here?
1: Okay, here's a random prayer request. (laughs) Not (laughs) about earthquakes.
0: Anyone else? Okay. Yes, he does. He does. Okay, let's pray together through these things real quick, and um, then we can fellowship. Lord, I thank you so much for your perfect word that you've given to us, that you've allowed us to um, just continue to learn from, and gain from and soak it in. Pray that we can glorify you in doing that and continue growing our maturity in you, Christ, that we can be more like you and that we can have better understanding and we can help each other along step by step through the sufferings that we are facing, through the sufferings that we will face, and for what may come to Christians just throughout the world, that you continue to prepare our hearts and our souls uh, for that, Lord, that we can do it in joy and longing for you. I pray for Amy's nephew and that the decisions that he is going through, whatever that might be, Lord, you know what um, is the the perfect prayer for him. And we pray that you help him and help Amy and her family as they continue to um, live out their lives. And I pray that they continue searching for you and in you through your word and your truth. And I pray for Joe, and she does have her prayer requests, like many of us do in here. I'm sure, Lord, that, you know, I asked and I, I got two, but I'm sure there's 25 prayer requests in this room right now. And you know what they are. They're sitting on our hearts right now, and um, you can attend to those, and you can see those through, and you can answer those prayers, because the Spirit, the Spirit will pray for us, and. Um, will be able to express those thoughts and those feelings um, that are worthy to you, Lord. We just pray for these things and that we glorify you in your name and that we walk in your will and in your light that you can lead us and guide us as a church and a body. We thank you, Lord, and praise you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, everyone.